0: Good evening, everyone. How are you? Welcome, welcome to the was this the ninth or the tenth night of the series. Time is really flying very quickly. I'm so grateful for those of you who have made considerable effort to be here as often as you possibly can. I sincerely hope that God has been blessing you and rewarding your efforts for being present, because He has certainly been blessing me all those who are with us for the first time may i see your hand god bless you anyone else god bless you two of you over here anyone else for the first time blessings on you back there i see you thank you so much and for those of you who've been with us as often as possible thank you for your faithfulness it is so encouraging to us let us now bow our heads and pray our father in heaven we come to you in the name of jesus and we ask you, god Please open our minds to understand spiritual things. Grant to me the words to speak. Jesus said in John 16:13, "Howbeit when he the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth." Father, let that Spirit guide me and your sons and daughters into truth tonight, and give us soft hearts that will yield to the truth. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Our subject for this evening an essential ingredient an essential ingredient go with me to Genesis chapter 1 let's read verse 14 an essential ingredient Genesis 1 reading from verse 14 let me ask you something I have not asked you in a while all those of you with Bibles raise them please let me see don't hesitate this is very good, impressive. I am delighted. God bless you. Genesis 1, 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Let's go back to verse 14 and isolate one word. And that word is signs. This is the first occurrence of the word signs, plural or singular, in the Bible. The word says, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. That was one function. Let them be for signs, a second function, and for seasons. Let them be for lights upon the earth. The sun the moon and the stars, among other purposes for which God made them, one of them was to serve as signs. And so we read, immediately after the tribulation of those days, Matthew 24:29, Jesus speaking, Shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Here we have Jesus Christ himself, the one who made the sun, moon, and stars. He is identifying them as playing a leading role in the last day events. We have a similar statement in uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth as hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars from heaven fall into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So sun, moon, and stars were to serve, among other functions, as signs. When you saw certain things in the sun, or the moon, or the stars, you were to understand that certain events were coming to pass. So a sign could point to an event. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, as we continue, an essential ingredient. Genesis 4, we shall read from verse 13 of Genesis chapter 4. This is the chapter in which God has to confront Cain for his murder of his brother Abel. And after God pronounces punishment, Cain says in verse 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. That was Cain's complaint. Verse 15. Therefore God said unto him, and God said unto Cain, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord did what? Set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Here we have the second use of the word mark, which is similar to sign in Genesis 1.14. Why do I say that? Because the Hebrew word is the same. So a sign and a mark can be the same thing. In the case of Cain, the mark or the sign had a function to preserve life. Is that clear its function in cain's life was to protect him from the murderous intentions of those who met him in genesis 1 it was to give evidence that something grand was about to happen based upon what was happening with the sun the moon and the stars let's take another look at the word sign genesis chapter 9. genesis 9 this is the chapter in which god gives instructions to noah And his family immediately after they exited the ark. I often wonder what the world was like when they came out of that ark. After the world had been covered with water for about one year and ten days. That's how long they were in the ark if you do the calculations. Genesis 9 verse 12. God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make. With you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations, I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass, verse 14 of Genesis 9, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud now. What is this token? What is this sign? The rainbow. God is saying that as a sign, That i will not destroy the earth by water i will create something called a rainbow now i have seen a double rainbow has anyone ever seen a double rainbow i was at victoria falls in zambia and saw a double rainbow they're probably common with all that water in the atmosphere god said when i bring a cloud over the earth and the bow shall be seen in the cloud verse 15 and i will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh so god is saying there's a sign i will put in the heavens a sign or a mark and that sign will tell you that i will keep my word whenever you see that sign you can have the assurance i will keep my word so genesis 114 a sign may point to an event that is to come Genesis 4, verse 15, a sign may mean this life is be preserved. Genesis 9, verse 12 through 14 or 15 may mean that this sign indicates God's determination to be faithful to his word. Let's look at sign again, or token, or mark. It's all the same Hebrew word. Genesis chapter 17. In this chapter, God is about to change Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. Genesis seventeen verse ten. Genesis seventeen ten. Also in that chapter we're introduced for the first time to one of God's many names, the name El Shaddai. That's what is meant in verse 1 where it says, And when Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, that is El Shaddai, walk before me and be thou perfect. Verse 10. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be what? Circumcised. Now, circumcision is now introduced as a sign. Verse 11, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be for a token of a covenant betwixt me and you. Same, the word token is the same Hebrew word used for sign and the same Hebrew word used for mark. Here now we have a sign, a mark or a token and its function is to identify a special people. Are you with me? And God was so serious in verse 14. Of Genesis 17, the Bible says, And the uncircumcised mind child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath what? Broken my covenant. Genesis 1.14, a sign, a mark, a token, signs in the sun, moon and stars, telling us something great and terrible is about to happen. Genesis 4.15, the mark or the sign that God puts on Cain to preserve his life genesis 9 12 to 15 the rainbow is a sign that god will keep his word and not destroy the earth by a flood genesis 17 verses 12 through 15 a sign there a token is an indication that the person carrying that mark has a special relationship with god that is why in verse 14 the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised that soul shall be cut off he hath broken my covenant let's go to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus 12 reading verses 12 and 13 we're taking another look at sign or token or mark same Hebrew word Exodus 12 reading from verse 12 our subject is an essential ingredient For I will pass through the land of Egypt this day, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will do what? Pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. God is saying, I am about to pass through Egypt. All over Egypt, including Goshen. Are you with me? That's where the Israelites lived, in Goshen. God said, this is the final plague, plague number 10. By the way, the plagues are an expression of God's mercy. Now, people see them as God's harshness. No, 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 no. God's desire was that plague one would have been enough for Pharaoh. But when we don't get the lesson the first time, the second lesson is a little harder. And the third one is a little harder until finally God has no choice than to break your back. But God's desire is always that lesson one is all the lesson you and I need. That's all. And so God told the Israelites, look, put the blood on your doorpost, the uprights and the cross beam. When I see the blood, whether the blood is in Goshen or proper... I'll pass over you. What Jesus looks for in your life is his blood. Not the color of your skin, the size of your bank account, or whether you live in Hollywood or San Bernardino. God looks for one thing. He looks for the blood. But I need to tell you that the blood represents the life. And the life of Christ was a righteous life. The amens are going down. (laughs) When I said all he wants is the blood, you said amen. When I told you the blood is the life, Malachi, 7, uh, Leviticus seventeen eleven, the life is in the blood. The blood is the life. God is looking for the life of Christ in me, and in, when he sees that, he passes over. The life of Christ was and remains a righteous life, lived in submission to his Father. In this instance, Exodus 12, the token or the sign of, Or the Mark, same Hebrew word, was used to protect a people from divine judgment. Divine judgment. Let's see God separating his people again. Exodus chapter 8, reading verses 22 and 23. Exodus 8, this is the story of the plague of of flies. Exodus 8 verses 22 and 23, as we continue with the subject, an essential ingredient i hope you are sharing your bible with someone next to you who is not armed with that sword exodus 8 and i will sever in that day the land of goshen in which my people dwell so that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end thou mayest know that i am the lord in the midst of the earth and i will make a division between my people and thy people tomorrow shall this what sign B, same hebrew word the sign the token the sight of flies over egypt but not over goshen was an indication that god preserved his people from the plague that affected all of egypt it was a sign that they were different from God's plagues, God's punishment, God's judgment do not fall on those who have his special mark. It cannot happen. Let's see that a little more clearly. Ezekiel chapter 9. What's our subject? An essential ingredient. Ezekiel 9 verse 4. In this chapter, Ezekiel has a vision of God bringing judgment and punishment and destruction beginning at Jerusalem. God always begins his punishment with those who claim to know him. Why? Because they ought to know better. Ezekiel 9, reading from verse 4, And the Lord said unto him, This is an angel with an ink horn. And God sends him to put a mark on certain people. Notice the people on whom the mark is to be put, and they will be preserved as we will see. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark upon the foreheads of the men that do what? Sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Now what this verse is telling us that God loves people who are broken hearted over sin. We are so numb to sin that we see sin and we say oh okay. But God needs the people who are so sensitive to righteousness that sin causes them pain Literally. And so God said, find those whose hearts break because of all the sin in this city and on them put a mark, not on those who take it casually and calmly. When you take sin casually, you're no different from the sinner. Let me say it again. You see, when I say things you don't like, if it's true, you still need to say amen. (laughs) Medication is never tasty, but you take it. I say again, those who take a casual approach to sin in the eyes of God, they are no different from those who sin. And so God said, put a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in mine hearing, verse 5, go ye after them through the city and smite Let your eye not spare, neither have ye mercy. Smite means kill. Someone said, does God kill people? I said, God just takes back what is. What's that? Life. You and I murder. God doesn't commit murder. God simply takes back what is on loan. But when you misuse it, he takes it back, as you and I would do. If I loaned you my car and you abused it, I politely, perhaps, take it back. God loans us life for his glory. When we misuse it, he takes it back. He gives it to someone perhaps who will use it appropriately. God told the angels, Smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have ye mercy. Smite utterly old and young, both are uh, all maids and little children and women, but, verse 6, come not near whom, any man on whom is what? The mark don't come near it's not just spare those with a mark don't even go near when you see that mark back off why because they are my people i have them marked off and with that mark they are immune to divine judgment are you immune to divine judgment Are you marked off for preservation? Now, God is a loving God. Don't misunderstand me. He is loving. But part of love, you see, love has many ingredients. One of them is justice, another one is punishment. If God didn't punish sin, He would not be righteous. (laughs) Do you know why we have prisons? Because even sinful human beings understand that crime should be punished. So we have prisons. And we have various degrees of punishment. And God is like that. And I'll talk about that one night. Let me drop a hint now. All people who are lost will burn in hell. They will not all suffer the same amount. I'll leave that there and move on. Signs. Are you covered? Do you have that sign? Let's go back to Genesis 17. Genesis 17. Verse 10. This is my covenant, which he shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Circumcision was given to Abraham as a sign of his relationship with God. Now, notice it was given in chapter 17 after the domestic disaster in chapter 16. That's when Abraham, Abram, had an affair with Hagar. At whose suggestion? No one can get you in trouble like family members. Judas betrayed Jesus. Cain killed Abel. Eve seduced Adam as the devil's agent. Rebecca deceived blind Isaac. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. Abraham had this relationship with Hagar because he and Sarah could not wait. We love to rush God, couldn't wait. And so he had a child when he was physically able. Now follow my reasoning carefully. He was physically able to father a child without God's help. And you all know how that happens. So God said, okay, okay, I have to teach you a lesson in faith and dependence. And that a relationship with me is based on absolute trust in what I say. So God introduces circumcision. That was God's way of saying, cut it off. (laughs) I'm trying to be as euphemistic as I can. But you get the picture. You see, God said, okay, you use that to demonstrate your power. Cut it off. Symbolically, of course. And to let Abraham know it was really cut off, God waited until he was over the hill. It was useless to him reproductively. Now, so the Bible says when Abraham's body was dead and Sarah's womb was dead, then God stepped in and brought life so circumcision is a symbolic way of saying i am not depending on my power i am depending on god that was a sign that was to distinguish god's people for hundreds and hundreds of years up to christ because christ himself was circumcised i said up to Christ after Christ died circumcision was no longer required and so Paul could write in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 6 for in Jesus Christ in Galatians 5 verse 6 in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth in, nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love and in Galatians 6.15, Paul can write, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. There's no longer circumcision. Paul can write, in Romans 2.28, he is not a Jew which is one inwardly, neither is that circumcision which is inward of the flesh. But he's a Jew which is, he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, I should say, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit. The physical circumcision passed off as a sign after Christ fulfilled the requirements of the ceremonial law. He was the Lamb, He was everything. Let's go back and look at another sign. What's our subject? Essential ingredient. You see, God had two signs for the Israelites that they were His people. Two. We just looked at one. We looked at one. Exodus 31. Let's look at the second one, Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, reading from verse 12. There's nothing as pure as the sound of a child. Can you say amen? That's why we have to be as children to get into heaven. Exodus 31 verse 12, and the Lord speak unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying... Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. That ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Now follow me closely. Open your ears that are in your heart. God said my Sabbath ye shall keep. It is a sign. Same word. A mark. A token. Something that distinguishes and sets a people apart. It is a sign. Between whom? God and his people. It is not a sign between God and the earth. Let me say that again. The Sabbath is a sign between God and his people. The entire world does not qualify as God's people. When God gave the rules for eating certain flesh, not eating others, in Leviticus 11, on and on, he would say, it is unclean unto you. Are you with me? (laughs) Because you are mine. You're special to me. It's unclean to you. You know, Jesus in John 8, 44 was very bold. He told the Pharisees who were leaders of the church, ye are of your father the devil. It's unclean to you. It's a sign between me and you, not me and the whole world. That ye might know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Sanctify means to set apart. So we have two signs for God's people. Circumcision given to Abraham. That ended at the cross. The Sabbath given at Eden, that doesn't end. Two signs, one is gone, one remains. Circumcision gone, the Sabbath remains. Let's look at two other things. Let's go back to Eden. Genesis 2. Genesis chapter 2, we continue an essential ingredient. Verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Why? Because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh these verses inform us of the first what marriage and the bible says marriage is holy marriage is holy marriage began in the garden of eden it's a holy institution it has come down from then until now and jesus has such a high view of marriage he has chosen that as the expression of his close relationship with himself and the church his bride a holy institution came out of eden with adam and eve after they fell let's go back to genesis chapter 2 reading from verse 1. As we continue, an essential ingredient. Genesis 2, reading from verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Now here is another holy institution. The seventh day, Sabbath, as a day of weekly worship. We have two holy institutions coming out of Eden even before there was sin. Am I clear? Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Uh, Luke chapter 20, Luke 20. It's also in Matthew 22. In this chapter, from verse 27... The sadducees come to christ with an argument about resurrection and you're familiar with the story they said listen this woman had seven husbands they were all brothers and each one died without giving her a child and verse 32 says at last finally the woman died and the question to christ was who will be her husband in the resurrection verse 34 and the answering said unto them in the resurrection says jesus The children of this world marry and give in marriage. He's contrasting this world with another world. The children of this world, this system, this age, marry and give in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world. Meaning what? The life to come. And resurrection from the dead do what neither marry or are given in marriage now think 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 what does jesus appear to be saying will not exist in heaven where did marriage begin eden is it the holy institution what other holy institution came down from eden now we had two sides circumcision and the sabbath circumcision is gone the sabbath Remains. We have two holy institutions from Eden, the original, the origin. Jesus suggests in the new world, marriage will be gone. But Isaiah 66 tells us that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Meaning, in the new world, while marriage will be gone, circumcision has already gone, Sabbath remains. now it is easy to preach to intelligent people it is easy to preach to these intelligent people here's why i say that use your mind and reason god gave you brilliance if circumcision gone and it went along with sabbath for a certain time hundreds of years if Mary that came with Sabbath gone, Sabbath remains each time. what does that tell you about the importance of the Sabbath? Yeah. An essential ingredient, even in eternity, because the Sabbath is connected to God's role as creator. How long will God be creator? forever then you've got to have the institution that functions as a constant reminder of who god is marriage doesn't remind you that god is the creator not a circumcision the sabbath does god said look in the new world the sabbath is gone not the sabbath sorry lord forgive me marriage is gone with all its headaches and problems circumcision gone the Sabbath remains. God must be serious about the Sabbath. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He set an example twice. It was Christ who created. I've told you that before. The creator is Christ. The Bible is clear. In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god who is that word jesus christ verse 14 the word became flesh it wasn't the father who became flesh it wasn't the holy spirit it was jesus christ the word became flesh go back to verse three all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made look at verse 10 he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not jesus christ was the one who said let there be light now twice he gave us an example of resting on sabbath genesis 2 verses 2 and 3 and on the seventh day god ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and god christ the second member of the godhead blessed the seventh day and sanctified and set it apart because in it he had rested from all his work which god created and made Now when Jesus died on the cross. He died late Friday. He spent one full day in the grave. Death is a rest. Revelation 14 verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me write. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. Jesus rested in death. Resurrection is work. The Bible tells us when Jesus rose, he formed, he he folded the clothes neatly. The head part of the head, the leg part of the leg. Jesus began to work the moment he rose. He he rested in death. So for creation, he rested on Sabbath. For salvation, he rested on Sabbath. At creation, the Bible says, the heaven and the earth were finished, then rest. At salvation, Jesus said, it is finished, then he rested. you love Jesus yeah. I believe you do The is why I said it's easy to preach to you intelligent people I believe you've got the point I am trying to make the Sabbath is of highest importance to God yeah. go to Mark chapter 12. Mark 12 and I have to be very careful with this passage I don't want to give you the wrong impression but we have to read it with courage Mark 12. Reading from verse 28. Mark 12 from verse 28. The Bible says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? What did Jesus say? The first of all the commandments is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt do what? Love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, all thy might and strength. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, what is Jesus doing? He divides the Ten Commandments into what? Two parts. All people know that. The first part contains how many commandments? Four. The second part? Six. Which is the greater half? The four. Now, don't take the other six lightly. The the first four... Are higher simply because they have to do with god very directly and we must love god more than anybody else that does not make the other six unimportant please understand me but my love for god must exceed my love for any member of my family and my love to god is expressed primarily by my approach to the first four so jesus says love god the first four first that's the first commandment the second one is the next six that's why he can say in Matthew 10 36 37 whosoever shall love father and mother more than me is not worthy of me and the first commandment contains thou shall have no other gods before me that was Jesus speaking when he said that was Christ on Sinai don't take my name in vain. Don't say you're a child of mine. And then you live all kinds of lives. Don't do that. That's taking my name in vain. We normally think that means don't curse. Mm-mm. Don't claim to be what you're not. Three. do Don't take, Two, don't have any idols. Don't worship idols. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And four, remember the Sabbath day. Those are for God. The other six are very important. They are chiefly horizontal. chiefly, I say. But the bridge between the first table and the second table is the Sabbath. Why? Because it says, For in six days the Lord... Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work thou, nor thy son. That's horizontal. Thy daughter. Thy manservant thy maidservant people thy cattle animals thy stranger within thy gates so we keep gods there holy but it also affects how we deal with people it is the commandment that connects the first table to the second and that's the one most people ignore now i'm not saying they ignore it out of spite telling god you can't tell me what to do many out of simple ignorance I just did not know. My mother, many years ago, I grew up a Catholic. I still have a soft spot in my heart for the Catholic Church. I wanted to be a priest. My mother would always have us come to the radio. Strange radio, you couldn't turn it off, you could only turn it down. And uh, no, seriously, that's the way it was. Every house in Barbados had one. Those are the old days. She'd have us listen to all the religious programs on Sunday afternoon, and we hated that as children might. One day, she heard a program from a fellow called Herbert W. Armstrong. Ever heard of him? He had a, a university or college in Pasadena somewhere. And they used to keep the Sabbath until the church split. He talked about the Sabbath. My mother, and I try to speak clinically, is a devout woman. She was... She took us out of the Catholic church, actually, because we weren't taught the Bible. She sent us to Salvation Army Church, took us out. Sent us to another church, took us out. She was not satisfied with we receiving biblical instruction. That's what she wanted for us. Then she heard this man talk about the Sabbath. She had never in her life heard of people going to church on Saturday. She had never heard. When she heard it, the love for truth in her heart, that's why she was keeping us at home. She wanted to steal learn truth. It woke her up. So she started to inquire, are there people who go to church on Saturday? We had a friend. He was an Adventist. We didn't know. Don't say amen. We had no clue. What a witness. No clue. So my mother was talking to him and he said, I am one. You are one? Yes. Can I come to your church? Yes. No argument with God. No fussing. No send me more proof. No, I need 10 more questions answered. No, what will my husband say? No, what will my... The next Sabbath, we were in a Seventh-day Adventist church. From then, sometime in BC era, until now. (laughs) My only regret is that, on her regret, is that she did not hear about this Sabbath, earlier we paid a price my father always sailed he's a merchant marine or was he passed away in 2001 in London nice man nice fellow gave you the shirt off his back but he was never home so when my mother had a decision to make she made it in consultation with God because god was her higher husband that's not disrespectful to your flesh husband but we must know where people fit in our lives well my father found out he had to she told him and he stopped talking to her and before he died in 2001 my mother had seen him once in 26 years I believe he died angry because he did not understand what i'm saying is my family paid a price calvary was a price we may be called upon to pay a price but my mother paid the price because god convicted her heart and now her son stands in pulpits calling people to open their minds yeah. and my brother preaches in prisons yeah. and my sister teaches at Andrews University yeah. because a faithful mother a courageous mother paid the price for truth yeah. what are you willing to pay The essential ingredient missing in many lives is respect for God's holy Sabbath day. Christ, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And we love to say, I love Jesus. And I believe you do. I believe that sometime in your life you have said to yourself, i want to serve god faithfully i am tired of playing with god playing church i really want to serve god faithfully i believe we have all said that i believe we've said lord i want the best for my family and for me i want a place in your kingdom i believe we have said that how many of you have said that may I see your hands Yes, could you stand? I want to have a serious relationship with God. I am tired playing church. I want to be. Se- we all say that. Some of us have said it for years. We all have a desire to be in the kingdom of God. I'll ask you two questions. The missing, the essential ingredient. Two questions. There are many people who used to keep the Sabbath. They used to. And for reasons best known to them, they stopped. But God has not shut off His mercy yet. Some may be here. I don't know. But I believe you have cards. Here's what I want you to do. As the Spirit directs your mind and your fingers. If you are someone who used to observe God's Sabbath as he told you and for whatever reason you drifted from it and you want to say lord i've been waiting for a chance like this to come back to what i know in my heart is right if that describes you and you will say lord if you'll help me i will come back to observing your sabbath i want you to write on that card come back i want your name on it and a number so i can contact you you want to come back to doing what you know in your heart is right. For which Christ gave his life. If the law were unimportant, Jesus would not have died. Second appeal. Many of you who come night tonight, what you hear may have been strange to you. Well, let's take the word strange out new but your heart leans towards the truth you know john 4 23 says that the father is looking for the true worshipers who will worship him how in spirit now picture god he is looking jesus said that for true there are true worshipers and false the true worshiper worships god in spirit and, in, and Jesus says, God is looking. Will he find you here? Let him find you. If you will say, Lord, I have learned some things. Some things are new. I thank you for what I've heard. I want with your help to try this new experience of keeping the Sabbath. And I will ask you to help me there, Father, to keep one Sabbath. One if you will ask God to help you do that as an expression of love to Him, because the desire to serve Him has been in your heart, Lord, help me to keep one Sabbath. Let me see what it's like. If you will say, say that, write on your card one Sabbath. And the rest of you, if you will tell God, Father, I want to remain faithful to you as an, as an act of love because of what you did for me, just put remain faithful on your card. It is good to remind God. We have four gospels about the life of Christ Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One could have been fine. God said, No, I want four. Tell it to them once. Tell it to them twice. Tell it to them three times. Tell it to them four times. And items of his life are in other books. You can never hear about God enough. Tell him again. First call. I used to keep the Sabbath. I want to come back to doing what i know to be right i want to walk correctly with god put sabbath again i've heard things i never knew before i have learned my heart has been convicted i'm a decent person i want to have a right relationship with god i'd like to keep one sabbath see what it's like you put one sabbath and for those who say father i renew my commitment to you to live for you love you and obey you out of love Put, remain faithful on that card. Do that out of the honesty of your heart. If a voice tells you don't do it, that is not the voice of God. I do everything in my power to present every message from this book. I try to restrain my own opinions my opinions have no power whatsoever they cannot set you free but the truth is universally known to set people free and i tell you as your brother in christ under some moral imperative if you walk with god god will bless you and when god blesses you people around you are blessed. Amen. The Bible says God blessed Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar because of Joseph. When, uh, Jacob was leaving Laban's house, God, Laban said, I have learned by experience, the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. When God blesses you, those around you are blessed, even if they may not be walking with God. The reason why the world still turns is because they are children of God on this earth. Remove them, and God destroys the world immediately. He has no other reason to keep the earth going, but the presence of his people with the mark. With the mark. I'm calling two groups. If you sign that card to say, I'd like to come back to keeping the Sabbath, I want you to come, let me pray for you. If you sign that card to say, I want to keep one Sabbath to see what it's like, I want you to come, let me pray for you. Don't hesitate, just come. If you sign that card to say, I want to come back to keeping the Sabbath, come, let me pray for you. If you sign it to say, I'd like to keep one Sabbath and see what it is like, come. Let me pray for you. Then I'll ask the rest of you to come god bless you my beloved sister god bless you every head bowed every eye closed Dear father in heaven i cannot find the words to express my joy for the wise decisions that have been made for your people who have answered the call of the holy spirit and has moved as they should have moved. lord what they have done is right give them courage give them lord determination to stand by this decision no matter what pressure comes from any source because satan is hopping mad i am asking you in the name of jesus father fill them with your spirit because you've said in acts 532 you give the holy spirit to those who obey you they have obeyed you out of their hearts now grant them the, the the bracing power of your sweet holy spirit Send them extra angels to protect them this night, I pray. Bring them back tomorrow to hear more of your word. Sweet word. That can build them up spiritually. And make them strong. And transform them into witnesses of your goodness. Please, God, bless them. And for those who have have come to say, Lord, I want to remain faithful. Oh, God, answer their prayer. And help them to be steadfast. Lord, let all of us, Be examples of faithful people. Bless us, our families, our health, our homes, our jobs, I pray. Bring us back tomorrow night. In Jesus' name and for his sake, let all God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. I have a message for you tomorrow. You must hear. Come back tomorrow. Come see me. Come see Jesus first. God bless you. God bless you. I love you and God loves you even more. Please get home safely tonight. I will be praying for you. I want those cards so I can spread them on my bed and pray for you. I did that this morning. 4.30 you were sleeping. I was praying over the cards. And I prayed many times today. I will pray for you. Get the cards to our brother right here. Bring them to me. I will pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.